Welcome to Roeville Uniting Church and the reflection of the day from the Reverend Trevor Bassett. Well, when I was a teenager, you all remember that when you were teenagers, about a year or two ago for me. Yeah, I know I'm delusional. When I was a teenager, I did something really cool. I went to see the rock group Queen in concert. Yeah, see, some people are saying, yeah, that was really... And others of you are probably saying, oh, really? It was really awesome. It was Queen at the height of their everything. It was the night at the opera tour. And here was Freddie at Festival Hall in those days, no Red Laver arenas or any of that stuff, singing Bohemian Rhapsody. And I still look back at that time and I think, how lucky was I to have that experience? Well, Queen, as you know, has become something of an icon of rock. And, uh, and my kids, my kids grew up and I think they're more passionate about Queen's music than I was, which is really interesting, I think. Uh, and, and that's still happening. And I, and I sometimes tell them and their friends that I went to see that concert and they are so in awe that I might have had that chance because it is not something they will ever have the chance to do. So they'll just have to wait for, I don't know, midnight oil or something. That'll be exciting, won't it? Maybe not as exciting as Queen, I don't know. I've, uh, I've been wondering this week, have you ever had an experience, or is there an experience, I should have said, is there an experience that you, you've heard about that you were sort of thought, oh, I'd love to have had that experience. I'd love to have had that chance to actually be there. Well, I, I have those thoughts, and, and one of the ones that I suppose if I was to sort of say there's somewhere I would have loved to have been, I'd love to have thought that I might have been able to have been at what we've come to call Jesus giving the Sermon on the Mount. How cool would it be to have been able to sit with the people and hear Jesus preach himself? That would be really amazing to sort of literally sit at the feet of Jesus, although I did wonder when I wrote that, I wonder whether which camp I would have been in, and I wonder how I would have seen him, and would I have seen it as such an awesome thing at the time, or might I have been one of the ones that wasn't so sure? Anyway, in a sense, I still think, uh, with everything that I know now, that I wouldn't it have been terrific? Well, we can't do that. We can't go back in time, obviously. But, but I was thinking in today's passage in the Gospel of John that Jesus actually prays for me. Jesus actually prays for me. He actually prays for you in person. Um, in our passage from John's Gospel that Jane read us, I reckon that's what he does. Jesus with his friends... And, uh, and it's a pretty significant time in his life and he's praying. And this is my paraphrase of his prayer. 
Lord, I pray for all of those people who will believe because of the words of you, my friends. So that's the disciples. Well, next Sunday, as I said earlier, is Pentecost Sunday. And those very friends of Jesus are going to experience a really significant event in their lives. And somehow or other, through the power of the Spirit, they are going to find words to begin to speak to people about the love that Jesus has shared, about his teachings. And so down the ages, people have heard that message and they've continued to share it. The tradition has been passed on and I have come to believe. And you have come to believe because of those words that they spoke. So I want to claim today that when Jesus prays for all of those who will come to believe because of those disciples' words, in fact, he is praying for me, he is praying for you as people who have come to believe because of their words. You know, it's not quite the same as, as going back in time and, and sitting at the feet of Jesus, but I reckon this passage puts us as close as we can get. But the content of the prayer is something that I wanted to just think about this morning. In verse 26, Jesus says that he wants the love with which God has loved him to be in me, to be in you. And, and Jesus wants, I think, us to know two things. Well, he might have wanted more than that, but I'm going to suggest two. Know God's love in the same way that Jesus has known and experienced it. That's what Jesus wants for each of us, to know that same love of God in our life that he knows and experiences. And the second thing I think is that Jesus wants it to be in us, so not just for us to know it, but he wants it to be in us in the same way that it is in him. And Jesus shares his love, that, that, that God's love in him is shared in a very sacrificial way. And that seems like something I need all the prayer help I can get with. I found it a fairly challenging thought, and I, I, sometimes, find, I sometimes find that I struggle to love. And uh, I think in some ways that's a silly thing to say, but it's true. Sometimes I struggle to love uh, because maybe someone has the ability to really press my buttons. And, and I sort of find myself acting and behaving and speaking in a way that kind of wish that I wasn't. Or sometimes, sometimes I meet people that are just really challenging to me and it's really difficult to love them. You know, in these times of struggle, I want to be reminded that Jesus is praying for me because I need all the help I can get, helping me to find that capacity to love when loving seems really difficult and challenging. So how can I remind myself? What symbol might I use to remember that, yes, Jesus is praying for me? Well, maybe there's a clue or, or something that we can use from the Revelation reading. You see, to me, to love is to have, or to be loved is to have life. And, and I, I, I've said this probably lots of times uh, in, in my time of ministry, I, I can't think of anything more important in my life other than to know that I am loved. 
In the Revelation reading, we have this, this lovely image of the water of life. And this uh, water, just like love, is something that we cannot exist without. No one can live without water. And in this symbolic language of revelation, we are asked to see that we can thirst for God in our life in the same way we actually physically thirst for water. When we baptise... We use water as a symbol of God's love and and sometimes people are immersed in the water, immersed in the love of God or or it's poured over them or sprinkled maybe in the uniting church, I don't know. I find myself thinking that every time I have a glass of water, maybe every time I have a, a glass of water I can be reminded of the water of life and of Jesus praying for me. Every time I wash my hands and use water to make them clean, maybe the water can be a reminder that Jesus is praying for me because these are things I do every day. And maybe it is every day I need to be reminded. An everyday action. When I'm thirsty, I can be reminded that just as I thirst for love, for God's love, so too do those uh, whom, I, whom I find challenging to love. So, you know, one of the things for me is when, I, when I'm really challenged in loving perhaps a brother or a sister, it, it's really good for me to remember that just as I need to be loved, that person also needs to be loved. I wonder whether that's something that we need to think about a lot with those who are difficult to love and maybe it's something that we need to think about as as our governments and others, not just in Australia, think about treatment of refugees and asylum seekers. Maybe it's something that we need to think about with that person who comes in off the street and makes us feel uncomfortable at church. Uh, Maybe it's something that we need to think about with people who we almost put into an untouchable classification. They need to be loved every bit as much as we need to be loved. So when we drink our glass of water or wash our hands and think about Jesus praying for me, maybe we need to also remember that he is praying for these people just as much as he is for me. I uh, look back over the last, I don't know, about 15 years of sermons for this Sunday and you know what I discovered? I've never preached on this passage. (laughs) I've always gone with the Acts reading. And how interesting is that? And then in my reading for this week, uh, I read, one of the people I read is David Luce, a Lutheran scholar uh, in in the United States. And and he claims that this passage is the most important passage in the Gospel of John. And I thought, wow, I'd better preach on it or at least have a go. So I've had a go today. I don't know. You can tell me later how well I've done. So yes, uh, you know, Jesus prays for us. And, um, and, and we will continue to think about that prayer for, that Jesus has for us very shortly when we gather around the table and there's perhaps another symbol of that same prayer, of that same love that Jesus shares with us. So uh, in the meantime, cheers. Oh. <coughs>
Wait, that's the wrong way. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the reflection of the day from the Reverend Trevor Bassett at Roval Uniting Church. Roval is a suburb of Melbourne in Victoria, Australia. We look forward to welcoming you back to another Reflection of the Day soon. You are always welcome at our weekly worship services held at 10am each Sunday.